What is happening, everyone? Along with Will Brewer, I am Colby Daniels. It is a Tuesday. We have Contender Series tonight, uh, which, listen, I don't know why I'm even mentioning that, because by the time you actually listen to this, that will be over, so we won't really spend any time on that. But in the wake that was the disaster of my picks for UFC 277, we will talk about the pay-per-view that was another fight card on Saturday featuring... One of my favorites that's also been one of the biggest disappointments recently. Will Brewer, not unlike my picks. Will Brewer, what is happening, my friend? <laughs> what a card that was Saturday, man. I'm I'm tempted to say that was the best card of the year. I mean, I was I, I thoroughly enjoyed that card from uh from start to finish. What about you? Um I just want to let everybody listening know right now, Will Brewer is lying his ass off. Don't ever trust another word he says. He's lying. He didn't enjoy that card. He just enjoyed the outcomes of that card. I mean, it was... It, <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe I exaggerate okay, a little bit with the enough. best card of the year, but yeah. I mean, it was better than 270. Come on. Oh. I, that's going to be a no for me, man. That's going to be no? a no. Really? Oh, man. I don't know, man. I, I mean, it had some lulls. It, but, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of finishes. Uh, there was some exciting fights for sure. Um, yeah, I guess the finishes were a little – some of them were a little underwhelming. But, uh, you know, I yeah. thought it was – I thought from, from, from start to finish, I think the the – the strength of the prelims, uh, I thought they were a lot better than I expected them to be. So uh, with that, and then how the main card was, I mean, yeah. I give I give it a little bit better than two seventy. I don't know. The, Maybe I've watched uh, The Dallas crowd has zero tolerance for uh, mm. the clinch or ground game or any of that. Right? The Dallas crowd wants to see one thing and one thing only, and that is standing in a phone booth and trading big blow for big blow, right? Like that, like every single time that something went to the clinch or got on the ground, like that crowd was not having it. The boo birds came out immediately. I don't know if that impacted some of the decisions to stand fights up or to break uh, clinch positions, but yeah, the Dallas crowd only wanted to see just all out stand up brawls, right? Yeah. They, they wanted to see some scraps, man. We're not, they're, they're not there. I mean, you only get so many Dallas cards, right? And so the Dallas cards is trying to see some scraps. They're trying to see some some wars, you yeah. know. Uh, they they went to Houston the last like like two to three times in the last year or something. So, I mean, the last time they were in Dallas was what four years ago when Woodley fought Darren Till, which yeah. seems like a lifetime ago. So, I mean, if we're gonna get something in Dallas, man, we need to we need to see some scraps. I mean, and sure, there were a few fights on the card that was uh, that was pretty solid but um yeah we don't, you know they're not there to see uh somebody lay on somebody else for 15 minutes to 25 minutes whatever the case is they want to see some scraps yeah they they just wanted to see the brawls which look i i can appreciate that for sure but uh you gotta appreciate the other elements of mma otherwise go watch boxing right like that's uh if that's what you want to see go watch another sport because this involves all of the martial arts and uh yeah, no, it like I, I appreciated that they wanted to see the action and they were uh, making it known that they wanted to see the action. Uh, in terms of the card, yeah, I mean, I thought the prelims were really good. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest disappointment with the main card was literally, like, between the disappointment of another fight basically ending prematurely because of an injury, the understandable but bad stoppage in the Derek Lewis fight, and then the like Pantoja Perez was like 20 seconds. You had three fights in a row that just kind of in some way, or at least for me, left me unsatisfied. I'm like, we're three fights in and we've like not even seen anything. Well, well, I, I mean, look, okay. So I, I was a little sick about how the first fight ended because, you know, we've seen too many injuries the last few weeks. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, luckily it, this happened, uh, the first fight and it wasn't the main event, but you still don't want to see anybody get injured like that. Um, so definitely prayers up for, for Anthony Smith, but, um, I, I mean, at least we got to see a, a round and some change, uh, of, of action. 
then the Pantoja fight, oh, psh, I mean, that was over as quickly as it got yeah. started. The same thing with uh, with Lewis and uh, Pavlovich. And both of those was just like one guy charges the other and the other, you know, doesn't really have an answer for it. So, I mean, sure. Um, I, I kind of enjoyed uh, those fights still. I mean, the injury kind of was a little was, you know, I didn't like that. But the yeah. other two, I kind of I kind of liked them. Well, we'll talk about all of them. Um, I, I'll say this. I, I went 0 for 5 on the card. I've never gone 0 for picking a card before. I did take all underdogs. I mean, across the board, all five underdogs I took last week. Like, if I had to do it over again, I would still take Anthony Smith against Ankalaev. If they if those guys were going to fight again, I'd still take Anthony Smith. Pantoja Perez, I felt like was a very close fight that I didn't really know what side to be on. I slightly leaned toward Perez, but like, you know, that was what it was in my mind. Like, I thought that was a close fight, coin flip. I did favor uh, Derek Lewis over Pavlovich, which, again, it was it was stopped. We don't really know how, what the outcome would be, uh, but I would pick Derek Lewis again. I would If Brandon Moreno and Kaikara France fought again, I would absolutely pick Kaikara France. Uh, and then, you know, I was just flat out wrong about Juliana Pena. So, it's like, I was over, but I still don't hate, like most of the picks so uh it's just kind of the way that it it uh it rolls sometimes but let's let's start with that main event because amanda nunez is the goat she was the goat when we recorded this time a week ago right like her losing the belt didn't remove her goat status she was still the greatest of all time this kind of feels almost like the punctuation mark on that statement right goat with exclamation points like ron the ronda rousey win i think established her as the goat this performance puts all the punctuation behind it. It was incredible. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I, I knew um, when I w- went back and watched that first fight, and, and I must have watched it like four or five times, uh, I just didn't see, like, Juliana did, you know, that was a, a great performance on how she took it to Amanda. I just didn't see that happening again. Uh, Amanda... Uh, I mean, she just didn't fight how we're used to seeing. Like, I could understand if this was, like, this was the Amanda that we're used to seeing and Juliana just, you know, caught her or whatever the case is. But that first fight, that was not the Amanda Nunes that we were used to. And that's why I said, like, if she beats her, if she beats her this time, I'm, I fully expected to see uh, Amanda that was in shape, that was uh, ready to go. If, uh, if Juliana was to win that one, I was like, okay, maybe Juliana's just better, you know? But, uh... Yeah, uh, Amanda went out there. She looked exactly how um, she ha- she had been looking previously. Uh, she looked like the goat, man. And you know the way that she was uh, switching stances uh, at the very beginning, like in the first ten seconds, yeah. it seemed to throw Juliana off. Um, but you know, credit Juliana because like she, like I don't feel like she really had a, a an idea of how to get inside and to really make this the fight that she wanted like a dog fight. Yeah. But she kept going in there like shit, like whatever, like what's good. Like she's kind of she kept going in there, and uh, you know Amanda kept dropping her with the with those counters. Uh, yeah. Juliana, she tried, man. You got to give her credit because there was there was not a moment in the fight where she took a backward step. She kept right. pursuing Amanda no matter how much she got hit. No matter how much she, uh, uh, no, no matter how much Amanda was able to counter her and stuff, she kept uh, pulling forward and stuff or moving forward. Uh, so you know this fight, it, it was all about her toughness uh, versus you know Amanda's skill. And I think in that first fight, like I, I truly believe that Amanda beats Juliana like nine times out of ten or ten times out of ten, whatever the case is. But um, Juliana is definitely one of those fighters that if you don't take her serious if you don't train like I, I definitely felt like Amanda felt like she could not train and beat Juliana Pena because we've seen Juliana fold not necessarily fold but we've seen her slip in high leverage situations like she got submitted by Valentina in a high level fight she got uh, submitted by Jermaine Durandamy in, in, a, in a high pressure fight so I've truly felt like Amanda didn't think that she needed to train like that and then you know maybe the the knee she says she had a knee injury you know I don't know, you know, fighters say, make excuses all the time. So, you know, you don't really know, like, what is true and what's not. But judging by her performance on Saturday, uh, that definitely might have played a factor. And then uh, the fact that she switched camps, um, 
normally that stuff doesn't work. Like yeah. a lot of fighters when they like not when you switch camps, but when you go and you try to like build a team on your own. Like normally that stuff doesn't work. It, um, but for Amanda, who's who's the goat, uh, who's already so skilled, and she seems like she picked the the exact right people, the right head coach, the right uh, training partners, and everything. So it seemed like she got she has everything that she needed to win this fight, and uh, it was a very impressive performance by Amanda. I, so I, I picked Pena last week, but I told you, like, I, I, I Amanda Nunes is the better fighter. Amanda Nunes is the more skill fighter. Like, Pena could win this fight, but it doesn't necessarily mean she's the better fighter. Like, Amanda's clearly better. I just think, like, Juliana has more dog. And if it goes into deep waters, I think Juliana's going to win that fight every time. Juliana was never able to get Amanda to that point in this fight. And I think a lot of it was the stance change. Like, she just had no answer, right? She looked completely confused both offensively and defensively with the stance changes. And, you know, I think she was, she she never really recovered from the early shots. I think in those first few rounds, like it was like, once she got hit, like the legs were like fully never there, uh, which I think made it easier every time Amanda connected to drop her again. Um, Look, I'll say this. How many times were you on the edge of your seat in the final three rounds when that fight was on the ground and Juliana was working on a submission? I mean, there was one in the fourth where I thought the fight was over. I thought she had Amanda's arm and, it, and was going to snap it. Like, I thought she was about to finish the fight. It, it ultimately didn't go that way, but Juliana is still incredibly dangerous on the ground. Um, if you can get Amanda to the point that it is a dogfight, I, I, I like Juliana in that fight, but it never got to that point. Um I mean, Amanda controlled this for the duration. Um, I did think an interesting comment in the post-fight press conference from Dana White, uh, something along the lines of, like, Juliana could have finished this fight, which, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, if you could have finished the fight, then go finish the fight. Like, this is kind of the Charles Oliveira thing, right? Like, she didn't want to go down on the ground with Juliana for a reason when she was dropping her early. Uh, And we saw how much danger Juliana got her in even all beat up in those late rounds. So I don't know about all that, but I do agree that it was a completely dominant performance. I don't agree that Amanda was never in danger. Cause I think there were a couple times she was, but uh, ultimately, I mean, 50, 43 was one of the scorecards. And I don't think you can really argue with that. I didn't, I didn't quite go to that extent, but I mean, <clears throat> that's absolutely within the realm of possibility. Yeah, so as far as Amanda finishing it, like, um, I do think she could have had she, like, put her foot on the gas, like, after she dropped her, especially, like, after the second time and the third time. But, you know, we really don't know. We really can't say for sure because, like, every time she dropped her, uh, she let her back up. Like, she didn't do anything after that. And I think it wasn't that she wasn't trying to go to the ground and, like, get in her guard or, or anything like that, like, you know, we saw Amanda on the ground with this for, for three straight rounds. But I think what it was is I think she was trying not to drain herself trying to get the finish. I think she I think cardio was such a uh, a huge stir- story in the first fight that not necessarily that she had a point to prove. But I think she just knew, like, if I get into if I overextend myself, I'm not going to have any energy for the championship rounds. And that could have been where Juliana like could, you know, we could have saw what happened in the, in the first fight happened again in the, in yeah. the championship round. So I think it was just more of a situation of Amanda trying to be strategic and um, it, not going for the finish unless she knew it was there. Like every time she dropped Juliana, like Juliana like would have her legs up trying to kick at her and stuff. So she, I don't think she felt like Juliana was rocked to the point where I can, Oh, I got an easy finish. So, right. um, but like, I don't think like she's, like she was like, I could have finished the fight, uh, or Dana, who said that? Dana said that. I think Dana said something like that. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe somebody else said it. I thought Dana said it though in the post fight that she could have finished the fight, which, like, yeah, I mean, you te- could have. I mean, I could have won the lottery on Friday, but I didn't. Like, <laughs> right? You know, like. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think Amanda said also that uh, she didn't like she could have finished it, but she wanted to prove that she could go five rounds. I think it was just more of the. You know, she didn't want to gas herself yeah. out trying to get the finish. So, but I had it 50-44. You know, I, the only 10-8 that I scored was when she dropped her in the second round three times. Right. Uh, the, in, the, in the first round, she, like, 
it was those those knockdowns. It was kind of weird. Like it was like Juliana dropped to a knee, but she was like right back in the in the fire. So right. like I don't really know if you could really count those as knockdowns. Uh, I guess like uh, there were people who were saying that they were that those were knockdowns. But even even then, I still would have gave that a ten nine. But uh, yeah, for me, definitely. Uh, 10-8 in the second, but 10 nines, uh for the, all the rest of Same. them. So 50-44 for me. Completely dominant performance. As far as what's next, um, is it time for the Shevchenko fight, or are there other... other? I don't, I don't know what makes sense. So... Yeah, this is, this is real interesting because, like, they're both in, like, the same kind of situation right now. Uh, like... You could do you could do the trilogy with Pena and Nunez, but like the 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 second fight was such a dominant yeah. win. Like, do you really want to you know go back to that immediately? I don't I don't think so. Uh, Valentina had her fight with uh, Talia Santos, but you know Santos um, just had surgery, so we don't know like how long she's going to be out when she could potentially fight again. And then like the flyweight division is still working itself out. So like if there was any time for them to fight. Uh, now would be the best time, but you know, Amanda just had a grueling fight. Um, I, I'm not sure we see Amanda again um, because I'm sure she put herself through some rigorous training leading up to this fight to to make sure her cardio was was good and everything. And then the fight itself was was a war. I mean, sure, Amanda dominated that, but you're not gonna fight Juliana Pena and leave unscathed. We that was that was obvious. So uh, I think that. Um, we probably we probably won't see Amanda again this year. If we do, it'll probably be like December. But I, I for my money, I don't think we see her again. So, but I think, you know, I, I'm not sure what they're gonna do with Valentina, and I'm not sure what they're gonna do with Amanda. So, like, I think now's the best time. Like, maybe you do Amanda and Juliana, or Amanda and Valentina three. Yeah. But like, if 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 not that, like, what's next for both of them? Right. <laughs> I mean, they're so far separated from everyone else that, uh, I mean, that, you know, that there is an expiration date on this. Uh, so you got to do it at some point. I know you can say it's always going to be there, but, um, I mean, you'd like to get these two while they're at their peak, if it's going to happen again. And there's not a clear, uh, favorite, especially if Talio Santos isn't available to Shevchenko, um, yeah, I like Dana entertained it, right? He entertained the question in the press conference, uh, when he really hasn't in the past. So uh, maybe that's that's the next move. But um, what a dominant performance for Amanda Nunes over Juliana Pena. Co-main event was Brandon Moreno and Kai Kara France. We were both on the Kai Kara France side. Uh, Will, I thought he was off to a great start. I had him absolutely winning the fight. Um, you know, Brandon Moreno is a dog, and we saw that, right? He endured a lot of punishment. The toughness was there, and... He finished the fight with a shot to the liver that basically, like, I thought he kicked him in the junk. Like, the way that, that he just, like, stopped, I, I like, I thought it was a, a, a junk kick. Uh, and then, like, next thing you know, the fight's over, and I'm like, oh, he got him in the liver. Like, what a, what a shot. Uh, that fight was a lot of fun for as long as it lasted and absolutely, I think, delivered what, what my expectation was going to be of these two against each other. Yeah, yeah, great fight. Um, and I think just with how much, like, you know, the crowd loved loves dogfights. Uh, but, like, even leading up to the fight, watching those two walk out, like, you see uh, how excited that the fans were. And it made me think about the flyweight division, like, and how two years ago we were talking about the flyweight division, like, uh, on its last legs. You know, we were, I remember we were talking about Figueredo and Alex Perez and, how like you know the flyweight division you know it kind of felt like it was about to go extinct like it was just like an endangered species <laughs> but um now we're getting to a point where the flyweight division is like firing on all cylinders like i wish dj was a part of this uh was a part of this division now because it is it is completely on fire and these guys are getting so skilled like i'm not saying like that they're on the skill level of dj but it would be really really fun to see some of these guys fight dj but that's another story for another day. Um, as far as the fight, I actually had uh, Moreno. Uh, I I actually had Moreno up two rounds. Like really, I, those rounds were yeah yeah those rounds were close. But 
I actually felt like uh, Moreno got off to a good start. It, it, it seemed like Kai was having was having trouble uh, landing landing clean on on Brandon Moreno. And you know, the, Brandon Moreno's awkward you know style with his hands, the, the you know the stuff that he does with yeah. his hands. It, it seemed like um, Kai was having trouble landing anything big. Uh, and I was really impressed by uh, uh, Brandon Moreno's uh, strategy. You know, he he changed camps and he went to uh, James Krause, and and you see like the little little changes uh, that he made. You know, and I, like again with Figueroa, Figueroa was able to drop him and, and chop up his leg and, and different stuff in that last fight. And, and in this one, I felt like he was definitely more defensively uh, responsible. Um, so he I, was taking I, damage I, to that I, leg, though. Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't as um, he wasn't taking uh, shots to his to the face and the leg kicks. It was just more so like Kai Kai had a game plan to chop up that leg and, and to try to get inside. But I think Brandon knew like I'm going to give up something. It's not going yeah. to be uh, any power shots from Kai because Kai is very powerful. But um, yeah, I had Moreno up too, and then the third round, uh, Kai definitely took off. Uh, won that round clearly. Um, the finish happened in the fourth round, or was it the third round? Third round. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Kai was winning that because he cut his eye uh, in the third round. But you know, Brandon Moreno, you know, he he's he's a dog, like you said. And for him to go to the body, you know, uh, you hear the I don't know if you heard the audio. But the, uh, I saw it on Twitter of James Krause saying, like, when you uh, throw a combination, end it with a kick. Yeah. And then that's exactly what happened. And that kick just, like, left a, a huge red mark and blood and all this. Like, uh, it doesn't – a kick doesn't land any more flesh than that. So uh, props to Brandon Moreno, man. I think he deserves it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I ha- so I, I felt like round one was really close. Uh, like, I don't hate the idea of either one of those guys getting that round. I went Moreno – or I went Kaikara France – Round two, I felt comfortable going Kaikara France. And then obviously he was dominating round three until he wasn't. Uh, and, you know, Brandon yeah. Moreno gets it done. Uh, it sounds like we're getting Brandon Moreno, Figueredo, uh, four. Um, by the way, the jackassery of having Davison Figueredo get into the octagon and basically stand in Moreno's face as he's giving his post-fight um, interview, I was like, what are we doing here? Like, look, if you want to bring him in there, that's fine. But let Brandon Moreno finish speaking for fuck's sake before we like take this thing full WWE. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan. I'm glad it turned out the way that it did. And both guys were very respectful about having this fourth fight and the way that it was going to go. But uh, yeah, I, I was just like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of weird. And then especially, like, Davison doesn't speak uh, <laughs> English well. So, like, you have to have a translator right. in there, too. So right. it's just like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't – it didn't really, you know, click like it really should have. But, it, you know, all that Brandon was saying was, you know, it was good to see. It was good to see them embracing stuff. But, like, in terms of the build of the fight, it didn't really do anything <laughs> for the build of the fight. You would have liked for them to go in there and say, like, fuck you, you know, I'm going to take your title, you know, that's a, that's the fake belt, this is the real one, yeah. you know, you want to see them have a little back and forth, uh, but, you know, that definitely didn't happen, but, um, yeah, I'm very curious to see what, what's going to happen in, in a fourth fight, because, like, when you go and fight someone four different times, like, you know exactly what this guy uh, has to offer to you, I mean, sure, Brandon changed camps and Figueredo's changed camps. Like these two guys are, are definitely bringing out the best in each other. Um, to see a fourth fight is unprecedented. I don't think we've ever seen a fourth fight uh, in the UFC before. So I mean, I'm I'm very intrigued by what by what we would see. Uh, it's it's definitely high level MMA. Both these guys are incredibly fast. Figueredo's powerful. Like. Just to think, like that after what we saw back when they fought the first time, like I definitely didn't think we would have, <laughs> we would have a trilogy yeah. or a fourth fight. You know, it's like yeah. it's it's so crazy to see what we what we had from that. But yeah, you know, Figueroa's changed his game. He looked great in that last fight. So it's going to be interesting to see like the the whole, you know, the the adjustments that these guys make yeah. going into a fourth fight. 
In the heavyweight division, it was Sergey Pavlovich over Derek Lewis. Um, I thought it was a bad stoppage. I can obviously understand why it was stopped, though. Uh, like, you know, this isn't one where it's like, God, this guy's an idiot. Why would you stop that? Like, I, at least for me, I can totally see why he called the fight, especially considering they're heavyweights, right? Like, if these had been flyweights, it's a no-brainer that fight continues. Being heavyweights, um, I can totally understand why, but... In hindsight, it, it was absolutely a bad stoppage. Yeah, yeah, bad stoppage uh, for sure. Um, I know that he face planted and everything, but it seemed like he, um, like he got right up and was like, "Come on, man!" Like he didn't look rocked or anything. Uh, and, and sometimes that's just how Derek Lewis does. Like I feel like he's he's a flopper. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I, I I feel like you know. Uh, he might have done that to give the guy a false sense of security and then try to just throw a haymaker. Come up him. with a big shot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that, that's what Derek Lewis does. I mean, I remember seeing him get kicked in the stomach, and I know it, it hurt him, but, like, he definitely tried to throw a haymaker when the dude came in to try to finish the fight. So, I mean, this isn't something that we haven't seen before from Derek Lewis. And and then with how the some of the fights had went, uh, like, like, the way that some of the fights had went leading up to that point, some of these guys were taking some big shots before, like, there was a stoppage. So I would have liked to see him, like, actually put Derek Lewis out. I don't think that Derek Lewis was done. I think, you know, you don't really like to say things like this, but I think I would have liked to see Derek take a few more shots if he and to see if he was really out. So, yeah. I mean, of course you're trying to protect the fighter, but I think that uh, Derek could have taken – you know, a, a few more shots for sure. to see. Um, well, but if he was and you don't know what he was going to come back with because for Derek Lewis, it only takes one. Um, I feel like more often than not, you can kind of get a sense for how rocked somebody is by the look in their eyes. And I thought Derek Lewis' eyes looked pretty clean, right? Like he looked like right. he was all there. Um, and it wasn't like a, it wasn't like his whole body was limp face plant. Like, yeah, he went down, but it wasn't like, there's no motion and you know, the guy's asleep. Like he, yeah, he got dropped, but it wasn't like a, the guy's out cold. Um, you know, again, I think because it's heavyweights, there's probably a tendency to not want those guys to take unnecessary shots because those are so much more impactful coming from like Pavlovich than Brandon Moreno, for example. But, uh, yeah, like I, I don't like, I, I'm not sitting here calling the referee an idiot for doing it. Um, I can totally understand why it happened, uh, but yeah, it was. I, I think it was a bad stoppage, and uh, unfortunately, no clarity as far as Derek Lewis or Sergey Pavlovich, at least for me. Um, the fight before that actually went a little bit longer, Will, if you can believe that. I don't know that it, it, it didn't feel like it, certainly, but Pantoja over Perez, it actually lasted a minute and 31 seconds. Uh, it seemed like it was over so quickly, and... I mean, I think you got to give Pantoja a ton of credit for the the game plan here, right? Perez hasn't been in the octagon since that Figueredo title shot. Uh, he's had six fights, I think, since then that have all canceled. So he's not been in the octagon in a minute, and Pantoja was not going to give him an opportunity to even take a breath before he got comfortable, right? Like, he overwhelmed him from the start, uh, which I think was a brilliant strategy, and quickly got the finish. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely a brilliant strategy from Pantoja. I think, you know, just like you said, Perez hasn't been in the octagon for a minute. So, like, and Pantoja wasn't expecting, or uh, Perez wasn't expecting Pantoja to come at him like that and throw haymakers. Uh, you know, that, that completely took him by surprise. And then Pantoja's so good with his grappling and everything. Like, once he, once he had a chance to get on his back, like, he just... Like everything just worked out perfect for uh, Pantoja with this um, attacking him like that, getting on, jumping on his back, finishes him with a neck crank. I mean, uh, that was the, the, exactly the statement that he needed to make uh, for him to get a, the next title shot. The problem is, you got two champions up there, yep. and you know. But if I were him, I would wait. I wouldn't take any other fights. Um, I know that Dana says he doesn't like when people wait, but I think in this case, like there's. Uh, you, you could put him in there with Kai, but like you, like Kai just got a title shot. You know, like you could put him in there with Askarov, but he just lost to Kai. 
if I'm Pantoja, I'm waiting. Uh, and I, I let this uh, Figueredo Moreno play out, and then I wait for the winner. Uh, because at this point, I don't really think that there's um, anybody else for him to fight. Uh, and there's, there's you know, the, the top of this division, there's a lot of killers. So if I'm Pantoja, I'm waiting. I'm not, I'm not risking it. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that makes sense, right? Like, Kaikar French just lost to Moreno. Um, Kai beat Askarov. Pantoja beat Askarov in 2020. Um, yeah, it's just you're just kind of on the unfortunate end of a uh, four-fight series between two of the top guys in the division. And I think I think it was suggested in the press conference that maybe he's the backup fighter for the title fight, and then he ultimately gets the winner after that's over, which is probably the best way to go about it, right? So that you can preserve a matchup, period, uh, and in case somebody gets hurt or whatever, and then he goes through his training camp and then he gets to reset for whichever guy ultimately wins that. Uh, probably seems like the way to go, but man, he was a buzzsaw through Alex Perez on Saturday night. The main card began in the light heavyweight division. It was Magomed Ankalaev over Anthony Smith. Um, I think we all saw Anthony Smith limping back to the corner at the end of round one. He broke his leg. Clearly, in round two, he had nothing. Uh, but he was going to go out on his shield, right? Like, he he just wanted this thing to get to the ground. Uh, but there was nothing left. I scored round one for Ankalaev. Uh, I thought it was a, a close round. There wasn't a ton of action, but I thought it was a close round. I was excited about what this fight was going to look like as round one was finishing up. Uh, and then that was basically it. We, we got all we were going to see. Again, I hate the fact that this thing ended the way that it did. Um, nothing learned about Ankalaev in terms of how real of a title contender he is, at least in my book. Um, but yeah, it was a close first round that, that I gave to Ankalaev, and, and that was basically it. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate that uh, it ended that way. Um because it, it seemed like it was going to be a very interesting fight. Uh, I, I, I will say that um, the one I said I didn't learn anything about Ankalaev. The one thing that I did learn was um, how how well he did defend a lot of Anthony Smith's kicks, which probably uh, contributed uh, to the injury. I'm not I'm not even sure what happened. Like what was the thing that actually uh, broke his ankle? But um, I just remember him throwing a, a, front, a front kick and then he fell. And then he, when he got up after the round ended, he, he was limping. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, it didn't seem like he was that worried about it in the corner. He, he was just like taking advice from his coaches and, and all that. Like he told him to put the ice on the, on the ankle, but he was taking advice from his coaches and everything. And uh, it didn't seem like he was that worried about it. But, but, like, but like once he came out for the second, like you could tell, like there was like nothing there. Uh, he tried to, to mask it. He tried to like, pressure him and going for a takedown but like he probably was in a lot of pain and uh that ankle probably was just yeah. useless and then Akali I've got the finish so uh but like I said over text man like even though you know I got the points like Akali is an asshole man like that dude he didn't show <laughs> like it, he didn't show any like sympathy or like any worry like you know he, I mean sure like I know like you're trying to get a title shot and everything but like like the guy just got injured. Your opponent that you're that you're fighting, like he just got injured. Like at least show a little bit of something, you know. Yeah. At least say like, I hope Anthony's okay. Like that. Just if you just say that, that's okay. But he just like, well, he was throwing. Ki- I don't. I forgot what he said. But as soon as he said it, I was like, oh god, he's a, he's an asshole, man. Like come on now. Um, he he's like, well, I don't know what else I have to do for a title shot. And yeah, uh, like he, you, he, he like was, that was what put you over the top for a title shot. Come on, man. 0.0% chance I'm giving that dude a title shot after that. Like, that didn't yeah. do anything in terms of building a title fight. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was an injury, and everybody knows, like, that's why you got to finish the way you did. Because Anthony Smith doesn't go down like that right. uh, that easily. So, um, he, can, he can say... Uh, you know, I, I finished him and I, I beat his ass and all this stuff. But let's let's be real. Anthony Smith got injured. Um, he's he's got to have one more. Um, I don't know what they're doing at the top of the division right now. But if Alkali doesn't get a title shot for me, um, I guess we'll see what happens if it's Jan or if it's Glover. It's got to be Jan, right? I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, 
I would love to see the rematch. Uh, I mean, I think Glover being 20 seconds away from retaining your belt right. and you lose. But then, like, that Jan-Yuri fight is so so juicy. Like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I can't definitive, definitively say, like, one guy deserves it over the other. I would love to see them both. But whoever doesn't get it maybe should fight Ankalaev. Because whether he likes it or not, I think he's going to have to fight someone else. Yeah, I think Glover absolutely deserves it. It's not even close. Like, I, it, he was 20 seconds away from retaining his belt. Uh, here's the other thing. This isn't an evergreen matchup. Glover Teixeira is, what, 41, 42 years old? Like, yeah. you got to run this back now. Like, who's to say that a year from now he's still in the UFC for crying out loud, right? Like, you got to capitalize, I think, on that matchup now. The other thing is, since Jan Blahovich lost the title, he's had, what, one fight, right? And that right. was against Rockich, in which Rockich got hurt. Like, Jan hasn't earned it either since he was finished in a title fight yeah. in a dominant performance from Glover Teixeira. So it wasn't even like a close fight that he was on the wrong end of. Like, Glover dominated him. And he's only fought once since then, and it was Rockich getting hurt. So, I mean, the, to me, the no-brainer is Ankalaev Yan, and you run back Glover Yuri immediately. Again, because this is time-sensitive. Glover's not 31 years old. Like, he's not, he doesn't have 10 more years. I mean, well, maybe he does. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, all logic says he doesn't have 10 years left in the UFC. I think you got to run this thing back now. I think he deserves it. That was a close fight. That was one of the best fights I've ever seen in my life. I think you got to run it back now. There's no guarantee that you're going to have the opportunity to run this one back ever again. Um, I do love Jan Yuri. Like stylistically, that has the chance to be one of the best fights of the year. But um, there zero part of me thinks that that should happen above the rematch. And look, Jan and Uncle I have both won their last fights because the their opponent got injured. They both are on the doorstep of a title. But let's make them earn it, right? So, Jan Uncle I for me. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I was on the fence about it, you know, obviously with what I just said, but like that Glover Jan fight does it for me. I mean, like, yeah, when you when you ask like who's who deserves the t the title shot more, and then you think, okay, Glover just got finished by the by Yuri lost his title, Jan won by um uh by the guy getting injured. And then you go back, okay, well, Glover do just dominated Jan, so, like, why would I give Jan the title shot over Glover right. when, when Glover just dominated him? And then Glover was, was 20 seconds away, so, yeah. I think that's the route to go. Uh, both Jan and Ankalaev are coming off wins where you didn't really learn too much, so, like, fight each other. The winner of that gets the next title shot. Uh, and then have Yuri and Glover uh, work out that rematch. Yeah, agreed. Uh, in terms of the prelims, Morono Simmelsberger was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, just delivered what we thought it was going to be, which is a barn burner. Uh, Drew Dober is such a badass. Uh, he gets another finish in the lightweight division. I uh, can't wait to see what's next for him. Um, I was texting you. Hamdi Abdelawab uh, at heavyweight is a guy that I think is really intriguing. He's got the wrestling skills. He's got heavy hands. That was a fun fight. With Dante Mays, um, Jakar Close, Rafa Garcia was a fun fight. Michael Morales is a big-time prospect in the welterweight division. Uh, he gets the KO finish in, in what was also a fun fight for an emerging prospect. But, uh, yeah, man, I thought this the prelims were a lot of fun. And, uh, I mean, maybe you can argue more action in the prelims than the main card. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the prelims were a lot better than I expected because there's not many names, you know, on, on this on this prelim card. Uh, but Michael Morales, definitely a big-time prospect. Drew Dober, uh, I mean, the guy is tough as nails. I mean, uh, Alves threw the kitchen sink at him, <laughs> and Drew Dober just somehow... That punch to the body was was picture perfect. I don't know which which one was more perfect out of his punch or Moreno's kick, but I mean both of those just absolutely folded um, uh, their opponents. Um, I feel for Dante Mays because I feel like the UFC is kind of behind him because he came off Contender Series and he looked good, but you know in the UFC he's had a rough go, man. And yeah. I, and you know he had he was supposed to fight uh, Justin Taffa, which would which was a good matchup for him. Taffa pulls out. He fights Hamdi, who is just like 
a terrible matchup for him because Hamdi's out here just with uh, – he seems like he's so well-rounded. And uh, Dante Mays just didn't have an answer for him. Uh Nikolai Nikomarianu uh, oh, yeah. in, the, in the on the prelims like uh, that barrage that he that he was landing and then to finish with the knee like that was absolutely vicious. So uh, and yeah, like you said, Morono and Simmelsberger was absolutely was was fun to watch. So uh, prelims definitely was fun. All right, man. We have UFC Fight Night: Tiago Santos, Jamal Hill. Uh, Tiago Santos has not been in a good fight in a long, long time. But here he is once again in a main event on Saturday night from Las Vegas, Nevada. We have six fights on this main card, including, will two of the tough finale fights uh, with Pauega and Usman and then Julian Miller, Brogan Walker. Your lead has ballooned from 5 to 16. So you will be picking first for the foreseeable future, uh, if not... Till the end of time. Uh, so let's begin the main card in the women's flyweight division as we have uh, Ariane Lipsky and Priscilla Cachero. I'm not sure how you pronounce that one. Uh, the odds here, Lipsky is the minus 180 favorite, Priscilla plus 155. I'm, I'm actually a big fan of uh, Ariane Lipsky. Um, she came in. She was a she was a champion in uh, KSW. She came in with a lot of with a lot of hype. Um, and you know, once you get once you get into the UFC, I mean, you see you see like it's not as easy as you know everyone, not as everyone thinks, but I'm, it's not as easy as it was you know in KSW when you were a champion and you were defending the belt and everything. Uh, so she's kind of been on this like inconsistent run of win some, lose some, win some, lose some. Uh, but I think this is a matchup that favors her stylistically. Um, and I, I like her to win this one here. Uh, I think, um, skill for skill, I think she's better. So I'm gonna go with Lipsky. Yeah. You said you like her and I was like, I think a lot of people do. <laughs> right. Yeah. She, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> fight number two on this main card we go to the heavyweight division it is augusto sakai and sergey spivak oddshark.com has spivak as your favorite minus 200 plus 174 sakai uh i believe both are currently in the top 15 nope that is incorrect uh sakai is 14 spivak currently unranked I'm surprised by the by the odds. Um, I know that uh, Sakai's kind of been on a skid lately, but um, he's lost to some matchups that are just pretty bad for him. You know, with with uh, Overeem, with Rosenstrike, with Taito Avasa. Uh, these are all guys who are better strikers than him. Uh, I like him uh, as terms of the striking. I like uh, him over Spivak. The only issue here is. Spivak is is huge, and then he the wrestling aspect of it. Um, but I, I I will say I think the odds should be closer. But I kind of like um, Spivak here. Um, matter of fact, uh, sorry, did you make a pick on the first fight? Did you go with Lipsky? Lipsky, I, yeah. I don't. You went with okay, okay. Oh, did I did, did I you, not say it? I might I might not have. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lipsky. You, you kind of just. You kind of just passed. I was like, "Oh, okay." I assumed you were picking Lipsky, but yeah, just Lipsky in case. as well for yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. So for this one, uh, ooh. Yeah, give me uh, give me Spivak, man. Let me go ahead and get Spivak for sure. Sergey Spivak for me also. Um, I think Sakai is good, but. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sold, and he's on a skid. Uh, Spivak, like you said, is a big dude. His only recent loss is to Aspinall, which, I mean, until Aspinall got hurt, he's buzzed all through everybody. So uh, I, I'm surprised Spivak's not ranked anymore. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like Spivak in this uh, over Augusto Sakai. All right, the tough matchup for the women's side gives us Juliana Miller and Brogan Walker. Brogan Walker is your favorite at minus 155, plus 135 for Juliana Miller. 
This fight uh, reminds me a little bit of Amanda and Juliana uh, Pena because, <laughs> yeah. like, you have you have Brogan who's just like very very skilled, and then you have Juliana who's just a dog. So and and, and, it's, and it's crazy that Brogan was coached by Amanda and Juliana was coached by right. Pena. So. Um, I think we're going to get to see a very, very competitive fight. We could potentially see a dog fight because no matter like Juliana Miller, like there's no other way. It's just like Pena. There's no other way that this is going to go. She's going to make this a dog fight one way or the other, whether she's winning or losing. Uh, Brogan's going to earn it if she's going to win this. Um, my question is, I know Brogan is very, very skilled, but um, like when the, when the dog fight comes, like how does she respond? You know, sometimes you can be better than someone, and you never ha- and you never have to take it. Uh, it never goes to the dog fight. Like I feel like Brogan when she was in the house, uh, she just outskilled everyone, and Juliana just outwilled everyone. So yep. when when those styles clash, man, I mean, it's hard to really uh, to really think of who. Because, like, I want to say Brogan is the better fighter, but, like, or, like, she's more skilled, of course, but, yeah. like, Juliana showed, like, how well-rounded that she is, plus being a dog. Uh, I'm trying to talk myself into a pick here because I'm really conflicted. But, you know, I think I'm going to go with the more skilled person here. I think that I'm going to go with Brogan. I'm going to say that what happened in the house... Uh, the momentum that she had, that Juliana had in the house won't translate. And uh, I'm going to go with Broken Walker. I like it. I think that this is not only the toughest matchup to pick on this card, but if at the end of Saturday night's card, this was the fight of the night, it wouldn't shock me at all. Like this would probably be my pick for fight of the night. I think it's that close. And like you said, I I don't think I could add anything in terms of how you broke this down. It, It does feel like it is, skill versus will right like uh i know juliana miller is skilled it's not like she's you know just right unskilled um i i think like in terms of like just her physicality you know there's nothing overwhelming about her brogan walker is clearly the superior athlete like in terms of size speed um agility like all the athletic traits heavily favor brogan walker right it's not even close now, then you bring in the fighting stuff, and, you know, that, that somewhat evens it. But, yeah, I mean, Juliana Miller um, is just going to walk through whatever she has to walk through to get a win. Um, I probably was going to go on the, the opposite side of you either way uh, here because I think it's that close. This, to me, is a coin flip. Um, I was slightly leaning Juliana Miller but I was gonna, I was gonna go opposite you no matter what. So uh, give me Juju in this fight. And look again, I think this is the hardest one to pick on the card. I think this is probably fight of the night if I had to guess. Like this, this fight is going to be really fun. Stylistically, it's awesome. Um, again, you get the superior athlete with seemingly the more polished skills versus the well-rounded, like just scrapper, right? Like she's just gonna leave it all out there. Uh, very cool fight, and I'm pretty excited for this one. All right, in the men's tough finale, we have Zach Pauga and Muhammad Usman, brother of the pound-for-pound king, Kamaro Usman. Oddshark.com has... uh, Where did it go? (laughs) Pauga as the minus-225 favorite, plus-190 for Mo. Man, uh, you know, for... You know, Mo is um, very, very talented. Like, you can see uh, the skill that he has. But um, I'd, with, with this one, you know, both of those fights that he had in the house, I feel like they could, he could have easily lost those. He just, like, slightly outpointed both guys uh, by the slimmest of margins. And in a striking match, which is what he likes – um, I don't really see like he doesn't it doesn't seem like he has the power to knock someone out. It doesn't really seem like he uh, really messes with the wrestling all that much. Um, I just think he's solid. You know, he's like 
He's not. He's decent. He's decent everywhere, but it just seems like he only wants to strike. And I think if he does that with uh, with Palga, I just don't see that going particularly well for him. So, um, like, I really want Mo Usman to win because, like, he's he's tried like two different routes to try to get to the UFC. Uh, he he's tried going to the PFL, fighting there. He's had some ups and downs. Um, so I, like, I want him to win, but I just, I think Palga is a, I think he's a beast. So, uh, I'm going with, uh, Palga here. Uh, spoiler alert. I believe I saw last week that Muhammad Usman has signed a deal with the UFC. So I think he's going to be in whether he wins or loses this. If for no other reason, then he's Kamaru's brother. Right. And like he was, you know, like he evokes emotion, like, dude, I teared up during tough when he was talking about losing <laughs> yeah. his son and everything like as you know yeah. somebody that has a son like i'm i'm like you know tr- wiping my eyes away like trying to like man this is this is getting to me uh you it, he's easy to root for um but yeah like i i kind of wonder if his future is at light heavyweight by the way um yeah i thought the same thing but yeah i like i i think zach's just more well-rounded more polished everywhere um, I will say this. I, I feel like as an athlete, Usman is extremely explosive. I don't know that we ever saw him hit anybody clean enough to know if he has knockout power or not um, in his two fights. But uh, either way, I mean, he's going to I think he just wants to throw and try and land the big shot. And I think Palga can win this in a bunch of different ways. So um, I like both of these guys. Like, I, I hope that they both ultimately um, find themselves in the UFC, and uh, my pick is going to be Zach Palga. All right, our co-main event at the welterweight division is Vicente Luque and Jeff Neal. Oddshark.com has Luque as a minus 175 favorite, plus 150 for Jeff Neal. Man, um, this fight, like, since... Jeff Neal got sick and that whole that whole thing with him uh I just don't feel like he's been right since then like um I remember watching him uh on the way up and when he beat Nico Price uh when he beat Mike Perry uh he even he's even got a win against Bilal Muhammad which I, I I didn't even know um but that Jeff Neal I would have gave a good shot to beat uh, Vicente Luque and I just don't see I, I just don't know if he's got that that guy in him anymore since he's been sick. Like I might be wrong, uh, but in these last three performances, uh it just didn't seem like the same guy. And I really liked Jeff Neal uh before. Like I think I even picked him to beat Steven Thompson. I picked him to beat Neil Magny. Uh and that Ponsonibio fight was really, really close. Um, but yeah, uh with a guy like Luke, I feel like this could turn into a war, um, yeah, I, I just don't see it right now with with uh, with Jeff Neal. So, Vicente uh, Luque is is very consistent, very very skilled everywhere. So, um, give me Luque. Yeah, I I had Thompson over Neal. I had Magny over Neal, and then I score. I I picked Ponzinibbio over Neal, uh, and I scored the fight for Ponzinibbio. Although Jeff Neal, uh, I think. Uh, got the win there on the scorecard, but, uh, and it was a split decision if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, th- this one, like I didn't even have to spend any time thinking about this is Vicente Luque by a mile. And I, I think there is something to what you're saying about Neil. I, I, my point of view was more on the Luque side, but I think your point about Jeff Neil is spot on. Like he's not been the same guy since that on top of the fact that, I mean, you can make the argument Vicente Luque is maybe the most dangerous all-around guy in this division, right? Like, he can win fights in a bunch of different ways. Uh, and I just, you know, I, he, he needs to bounce back. Like, I do think Vicente Luque is potentially a champion in this division um, with the right combination of uh, opponents and the right momentum. Like, I could absolutely see him becoming a champion in this division, so... I just think we're talking about two different levels in terms of where these guys are currently at. Uh, so Vicente Luque for me also in the co-main event. 
which takes us to the main event of the evening. And, Will, maybe we shouldn't even pick the fighter. We should just guess whether it's going to be a fun fight or not and get points for that because that's the biggest <laughs> mystery maybe of the entire evening. Uh, all that said, in the light heavyweight division, it is Tiago Santos and Jamal Hill. Oddshark.com has Jamal Hill as the minus 250 favorite, plus 210 for Tiago Santos. Yeah, I mean, we've been through, we've been down this this route, three, four straight fights. I mean, Santos, uh, I mean, I, we both missed the guy who was going forward and just the maniac, the crazy guy that almost took the title from John Jones. Uh, a lot of people thought he won that fight. And sure, he completely demolished his knee. Like his knee was torn in, in many different ways. But even when he came back, um, when he fought Glover, I mean, that guy was still there. Yeah. But he ended up getting finished. But it seems like after that Glover fight, he, he's tried to fight more strategic and he's tried to be more labored and everything. Um, it seems like he's lost that um, maheta, that hammer that he used to be. But, you know, like he beat Johnny Walker and that fight was horrible. That fight sucked. Yeah, fight sucked. (laughs) That fight was awful. Rakic, I mean, it just outpointed him and that fight was awful. Ankalaev outpointed him and that fight was awful. These guys are respecting his respecting his power. But like Santos isn't even isn't giving them a reason to anymore. It just seems like he's trying to preserve his gas tank. And that's only that's only worked with Johnny Walker because he's clearly the better fighter than Johnny Walker, like everywhere. But with these other guys, it's not it's not going to work like that. But where Magomed and Rakic and all these guys give him respect. Jamal Hill is not that guy. I mean. This is why I say Jamal Hill's going to bring if if it's there to be brought out. If it's if that guy is still there, Jamal Hill's going to bring that guy out of Tiago Santos because if not, he's going to get slept. He he's going to get knocked out. Um because Jamal Hill's going to be pursuing him in a way that he hasn't been pursued in a long time. Uh and you know, maybe that works out to Jamal Hill's detriment because if that guy is still there, Tiago Santos is more than capable of knocking him out. Yeah. So I'm going to pick Jamal Hill because, you know, I, the first time I saw him fight against OSP, I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's got something. Uh, and even in all these fights, he, ha- he never takes a backward step. He always uh, finds the right shot. And it's not like he's going in there out of control. Like, whenever he throws, like, he definitely sees, like, I can, you know, knock him out with this strike yeah. or, or whatever. Very, very calm. Very, very poised. Um, I haven't seen anybody outstrike him yet. So um, where while Tiago is, if that guy is still in him, while he could knock him out, uh, I definitely think that Jamal is the better guy on the feet. So give me Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill is uh, seven years younger. He's 31 years old. Uh, Tiago's at 38 at this point. Jamal Hill's two inches taller, has a three-inch reach advantage. Uh, to your point, is going to go forward. I think the thing that's more impressive to me about Jamal Hill than anything is the precision. Like it's He does have power, but I feel like he has such great precision with his hands. Uh, they, he, do, he is going to find the target. The, only, the thing that gives me pause here is, like, Tiago Santos hurt Glover how many times in that fight? Like a bunch, right? Multiple like multiple times, yeah. That power's times. still there. Like it's he still possesses that, and Glover's one of the, I mean, toughest dudes out there. Like I, if Jamal Hill does pursue this, I think Tiago could absolutely win this fight because he can hammer. I mean, lay one big shot and potentially win the fight. Uh, it's it's a matter of if Jamal Hill presses, uh, does he leave the door open long enough for Tiago to land that? Because nobody else has engaged. Santos and it kind of feels like he's just at a point now where he's just waiting for one big shot and that's it right like he's not going to do anything else he's he he knows that he has power and at 38 years old I assume like you know he he's just doesn't maybe have the gas tank as you referenced with the Glover fight to to engage uh in a bunch of different areas for five round five minutes after five minutes after five minute rounds so 
I think he's simply waiting on the big shot, which could be worrisome here, uh, because if that yeah. if that door is open, then you know maybe Tiago. I I do believe he's he's capable of still delivering the big shot, but I think Jamal Hill's precision here is the difference for me. I don't know if Jamal Hill is going to go forward, or if he's going to also because he has the reach advantage, because he has the length, because he is so precise. If he also decides, I'm just going to outpoint this guy, but. Um, I think he can win that kind of fight, but also I think if it does go to a firefight, I'm just going to bet on his precision um, taking out Santos before he allows himself to get hit, which I think Santos would win that fight if it does happen, but I'll take Jamal Hill as well. So there you go. Jamal Hill across the board in the main event. Man, I... I just don't know if Jamal Hill knows how to fight any other way besides like going forward. I, I mean, in all every single one of his uh, UFC fights up to this point, that, like that's all that I've seen is just him going forward, going forward, and like he like OSP has a has a arsenal of strikes with his kicks, with his hands, and Jamal Hill walked him down. You know, yeah, you know Thiago. He's definitely uh, like the old Tiago, uh, the one that we know and love. That guy uh, has kicks. He throws everything with wreck with with bad intentions, uh, combinations. Like right. Tiago was, was a was a was a monster. I like we know he's capable, but like, right. does he still have that guy in him? I mean, I think that question is going to be answered. I think one way or the other, he's. I don't think he has anything to lose at this point. Um, go go after it because if you don't, if 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 this is a bad fight, he's never going to get another main event. I mean, I know we kept saying it and kept saying it, but I think with this one, if this is a bad fight, they're never going to give Tiago a main event. He's going to drop in the rankings. I mean, I think it's do or die for Santos here. He's not going to be in the think, UFC. If this is a bad main event, ooh. he's not going to be in the UFC. Oh wow, you're going that far. I. I I would, yeah. They've they've cut better. Oof. They cut Yoel after a boring fight. Yoel was at a yeah. way different place than Tiago is now. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. I mean, it would be four straight, just complete duds. Uh, and he's 38 <laughs> years old, right? Like it's like at some point, yeah. it's like I, yeah, I don't see it. On top of the fact that he's lost how many, he's lost four of five, right, or five of six. If he loses this one, it'd be five. Five of six. of six, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I would be shocked if if uh, he hangs around. If this were a boring well, fight, if he were still in the UFC, but I will say, like I, I, you know, Jamal Hill, like I think could win this fight, absolutely. But Jamal Hill's never. I mean, you mentioned OSP. Like OSP is far less scary in terms of putting your lights out than Tiago Santos, right? Like, Tiago Santos may not, be, may not be the same guy that he used to be, but he still can throw one shot with that level of power. And once you get on the other side of that, we've seen it three times in a row with guys that everybody says are killers, and they, they also back off. So Jamal Hill's never faced anything close to this level of power. So I hope he does go forward, uh, but it wouldn't shock me if he didn't. And if he doesn't, I, I think he absolutely wins a point fight, so... I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I'm gonna say we're gonna get the old Tiago Santos, and I think it's gonna be because Jamal Hill uh, is going to be walking him down and pursuing him. Uh, I think we're gonna get a hell of a fight. Uh, I'm not gonna say fight of the night or anything because I still don't know about Tiago, but I think uh, it's gonna be fun, uh, especially this the first round. I think uh, these guys are gonna be throwing so. I'm uh I'm, right. I'm going out on them. I, I yeah, I hope I'm right because I, I don't think I can handle another Thiago Santos dud. I don't think you can either, and you're a fan of him. So. I know, I definitely can't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong here, but fool me once. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Uh, Saturday night it looks like it's just Juliana Miller and Brogan Walker. 
uh, for one point, which uh, maybe gets me back into uh, strike. No, it doesn't. It would. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't get me in striking range. You're gonna, gonna be ahead for a while. It's gonna make me worry a little bit. Uh, it'll be closing the gap if yeah. Juliana wins, so I'll yeah. be a little concerned. All right, my friend. Good to catch up. Uh, Saturday night should be a lot of fun, and we'll do it again next week. All right, brother. Okay.